Welcome back to Two Noobs One Pod. We, hey guys, <laughs> this welcome is, back. Yeah, this is, we're, we're on episode three now, right? Yeah, it's been a while since the last one, Sally. But how have you been? Been good. I just uh, the world's been opening up, getting used yeah. to that. But yeah, I'm excited to be back. Excited. Yeah, no, this, is, this is exciting. Um, yeah, the world's opening. I um, I just saw the new movie where they take Nicolas Cage's pig. I don't know if you've seen this, Wait, or heard this. What? Oh my gosh! This you. I mean, you have to see this movie. Um, Nicolas Cage is a retired truffle hunter in the Pacific Northwest, and he like lives in the woods. And these assholes like take his pig in the middle of the night. Like they beat him up and take his truffle pig. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and then he's on a quest to like retrieve her because he loves her. Oh, yeah, wow. it's it's like his John Wick, basically. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Is that in theaters? Yeah, it's in theaters starting yesterday, I think. It's uh, it's actually really good. I'll just say that. I don't want to say anything more. But anyway, I'm very excited. I'm on a high of watching Nicolas Cage do Nicolas Cage things. So I'm so for that. I support you fully <laughs> on this, <laughs> in this quest. Do you think he'll make thank an you, appearance in a... The um, Fast and Furious franchise. I I, I gotta hope so. That'll be great. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so speaking of Nicolas Cage, um, <laughs> yeah. Ah, so this episode, I think uh, we have a we have an interesting topic, Sally. Huh? We do. We do. We are. We've heard a lot about a crypt, about crypto in the news, in social. There's been a lot. Um, lot going on even at work people are like how can we bring some sort of like crypto or nft into like our marketing you know it's um it's a hot topic so oh, wow a lot of a lot uh, of letters a lot of <laughs> yeah a lot of letters a lot, a lot of, of names consonants. um and so today we're bringing in my friend ella to uh talk to us a little bit more about crypto and so we have a couple questions lined up for her um to pick her brain because we don't know much and we'd love to learn more. <laughs> yeah, we're just literally two noobs and we're we have a noobs. podcast. Yeah, so. two noobs of the pod. Um, <laughs> but hi, yeah. Ella. Hey, Ella. Welcome. welcome hey, Andy and Sally. Thanks for having me. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, we could you uh, intro yourself to, to our listeners, to the yeah. podsters? Of course. So um, I'm Ella. Uh, I am a born and raised New Yorker, recently transplanted to um, SF to work in tech and crypto. Um, I currently work at Coinbase. So we are sometimes known as the Isengard of crypto. We are both <laughs> one of the biggest companies, the first, nice. I would say, probably big public company in crypto. Um, and sometimes seen as Isengard because we're a central, you could say we're a centralizing force in it, but I would like to think that instead Coinbase is the gateway for people to, who don't know much about crypto to get into crypto. And I think that is still very necessary in the ecosystem. So currently I work on the business operations team. Prior to that was a boring ex-consultant. And then that's how I found my way into tech and the business side of tech. That's awesome. Yeah. Gateway to the crypto. That's perfect for us because we're literally (laughs) like, we're like waiting in line in front of the gate and we're just, we have no idea where to go. (laughs) You look like a tour guide. You're not the only one. I think you have pretty much the rest of the world also with you just trying to get (laughs) their minds around this as well as myself, even if I work as a a crypto company. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. We're all noobs together, I guess, in a sense. We're all novices trying to make our own way. (laughs) Yeah. No, 100%. Um, 
I, yeah. And so for, uh, for Coinbase, um, the way that I understand the way, the way that I understand Coinbase works is that it's a marketplace for buying and selling crypto. So it's kind of like, uh, what is it called? Uh, Rob, like kind of like Robin hood. That's is rude. that like rude? I don't know. Yeah. Exchange yeah. for crypto. And it's funny okay. enough, Robin hood is now in crypto. So I would say that it wasn't oh. now they're a competitor to us. Oh. <laughs> Wait, so is, is it, is the exchange? So when I think exchange, I think like a stock exchange, is that kind of a good way to think Basically, about it? Yeah. Like NYSE, think about it like Robin hood locks, like you being able to buy stocks on your phone. Um, Coinbase unlock you being able to buy crypto on your phone or um, okay. through an online web-based exchange. Yep. Well, that's that seems pretty simple enough. Like, mm -hmm. you have to like pay it all to like join or thing, or is it like does like, it make a bank account or? Uh, so you have to link your bank account so that you can purchase the crypto, and then um, essentially the cost that you pay to buy the crypto is the transaction fees off of um, like the crypto that you're buying, and that's okay. not just on Coinbase. That's on any platform that's selling crypto. They do take a bit of a cut for making that trade for you. Okay, so it's kind of like buying buying a stock online, exactly, right? Exactly. Exactly. Right? I mean, okay. there's a whole okay. thing if crypto is a stock, but I would say that's actually not the worst way to think of it. At first, it's another way for you to invest, and mm. in the current form, when you're buying these exchanges, it almost feels exactly like a stock. It feels like a stock. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's interesting because I feel like there's customers both on like the trader side, but then you have a lot of like homegrown not homegrown, but like, yeah, like, like self-educated noob, noob. <laughs> people like us who are like, we're going to buy crypto. Um, like, do you feel like that's kind of like the market as you understand it now? Or like, how would you think of the uh, like kind of your know, like top buyers or the people that are like interested in crypto? Yeah, I think that's actually pretty accurate. I would say there's two buckets of people. Um, I think the smaller bucket is what we there's a lot of lingo in crypto. What we <laughs> think what we call them basically is degenerates, um, short degens. These oh. are people who spend a lot of time self-researching, self-investing in crypto, taking a lot of risks. Oh, okay. um, and, you know, it, I think the information is super decentralized. It's all over Twitter, Reddit, Discord, Clubhouse channels. And so um, you really have to be pretty persistent. I think these days, if you really want to understand crypto and feel confident enough to invest, I would say for the average person, I would say the wide majority wow. of other people are people who um, like you and me, or I, I was in me just a few months ago who are noobs and just hearing about crypto when Bitcoin's hitting an all time high in price and being like, Huh, should I invest in this? Should I buy this? And then maybe you open a Coinbase account and you buy a, a few, you know, now, now it's not one or two Bitcoin because it's, it's so expensive, but it's like you'll buy a fraction of a Bitcoin. So I would mm. say that's the majority of where the world is at right now. Um, and um, yeah, and that's just because I think information is a little bit uh, all over the place and a little bit difficult to find these days on crypto. Yeah, that is true. I mean, I guess I, taking a step back, because I mentioned you mentioned earlier when I talked about stocks that it's not technically it's not like actually stocks. Mm, like there's a lot of ways to think about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, should we just take a step back and just ask like the stupidest questions? Like, what is crypto? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That, that is a great question. Um, maybe I'll take a step back. So yeah. um, I think the question of crypto is what is money? Right. So. Oh. Damn. That's so what is money? Right. What is like, money? Why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> what is um, 
basically you can think about money as uh, we've all we all need to have some store of value and some way to exchange that value in a modern economy right and historically we have done it through these like paper bills um, that we print out in mass and so um, and then governments are controlling and centralizing and, and really organizing and managing um, crypto basically has a different thesis for money which is that you know, money is whatever you believe has value. And so uh, a bunch of engineers, um, this guy named Satoshi Nakamoto, who is the founder oh. of uh, Bitcoin, who no one knows who he is. He's still mysterious. Um, oh, wow. Identity is unknown. Created, oh. uh, wrote this white paper that essentially created this uh, decentralized digital money. So essentially blockchain, really what it is, is a very long ledger of all the transactions that have ever been made. And, oh. um, and it's a record of it. So this record, though, is not controlled by a government. It's just controlled by computers, basically. And everyone um, who's on it has a record of it. And so it's ultimately it's fully transparent and is decentralized. And so it's just another alternative form of money. Um, I think it's a little bit more complicated than that, though, because you can view it as a stock that will go up or down. You can also view it as gold. Some people call Bitcoin digital gold. It's just a store of value that really can't be transacted. You're just holding it. Um, okay. And then there's a form of their former crypto like NFTs that, you know, that is not exchangeable, but valuable. So it's still evolving. And I think it's an open question, like what asset class, what type of money is oh, wow. crypto really? So there's so many different things that crypto like could encompass. Like, mm -hmm. so like, could, is it like all these different like NFTs and like uh, all the stuff? It's, it's, it's like kind of types of cryptocurrency, but it's. But exactly. there, you, you can look, everyone can look at it differently, I guess, right? Or right. You can, whatever yeah. you want from it. I would say or, it's whatever, all right? just like digital money or store of value, but the use cases are almost infinite and still being worked out right now. So okay. some of it's for art, some of it's for, um, some of it's for investment, some of it's for just storing money and holding it. So I think it's very much evolving right now. Huh. So there's not really like one like definition of cryptocurrency that can apply for everything. It's just kind of like a... Uh, uh, like the technology, I guess. Like, exactly. I would say crypto then, is the technology. Um, really, oh, another okay. way to call it is blockchain. The blockchain, the blockchain that, okay. that is, you probably heard of as well, refers to that open, distributed, and un and decentralized ledger. So the blockchain technology is what powers crypto. Crypto itself is, I guess, an as a quote asset class that is like encompassing of many many things. Oh, okay. So let's see things that are on the blockchain, like blockchains on the top, right, and then mm -hmm. crypto, and then. Would something like NFTs like be under like you know it's considered like, like, like a tree? One category of crypto. Okay, be under one category. Okay, yes. mm -hmm. what's like? Was there, would there be like another category like on the blockchain that's not crypto? Um, no, I don't think so. But oh, within okay. crypto, there is a lot of different types of assets, so we can kind of dig into some of those too. <laughs> Got it. Okay, so so basically, crypto is essentially blockchain, or there could there be equivalent? Yeah, it is any of these assets that are uh, powered by the blockchain. I would say, yeah. Oh, fascinating. I'm just like, wow, okay. No, my my head's just kind of trying to make... <laughs> yeah, I'm I think another way to think about this all is, um, is crypto is actually kind of like our new internet. Um, oh I know God. it's not quite at that point like, yet, yet, but if you remember the early internet, it was a bunch of protocols and we are trying to, you know, these um, developers trying to figure out which protocol is going to rule them all. The IP protocol rules it out and then people built applications on top of it. I would say where crypto is right now is we're still at that first layer of figuring out what are the protocols and what are the languages that we want to be building actual use cases off of. So oh, okay. um, another way people have coined it is like Internet 3.0. <laughs> wow. We're already at 3.0. I just, yes. I, what's the, what's the 2 I don't know. Um, 
interesting. So you, well, you can also think of crypto as like, from what you just said, it's like a, like, it's like a language, right? Like a, just a common way to yeah. like a, you know, talk about something essentially or mm-hmm. talk to each other mm-hmm. about that. Oh, So that's interesting. I love the analogy with the languages. Um, so in this, in that analogy, like, can you give me an example? Like, what do you mean by the languages? Is it like the currencies or is it the applications? Yeah, the currencies. So the currencies. I would say the currencies are currently at the stage of almost being like our internet protocols. Mm-hmm. So yeah, at the stage of, um, so one example, you know, is Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoin has actually pretty limited use cases, uh, use cases currently. That's why a lot of people just call it digital gold. You just hold it and you hope the value goes up, but not mm-hmm. as much has been built off it. There's another big crypto asset that's really popular called Ethereum. And that's where a lot of applications that we call decentralized applications are actually being built off it. So people are actually currently building a lot of lending and borrowing services, just like your ordinary bank, but totally automated by um, by code um, off of Ethereum because it's a more flexible, quote, language than Bitcoin. That's oh, interesting. Yeah. I was going to ask, like, yeah, why couldn't you do that with Bitcoin? And is it because... So Ethereum is kind of like a like a programming language, essentially. Essentially, or? in some way. Wow! What? Like, uh, exactly. It's like, um, <laughs> mind blowing. I know. <laughs> yeah. Andy is like, for our, the people who are listening. Andy's head just like exploded it and like just, <laughs> it like popped off his little chest and it's just like flying around the room. <laughs> his head exploded. Yeah. Um, Which is another way to call all these coins is protocols. Um, there's a lot of language, but I think, you know, besides serving as a store of value whose price goes up and down like a stock, things are actually being built off as we speak huh. off of each of these coins, depending on the uh, like pros and cons of each of the coins. So, so these coins, like, so maybe it's, yeah, it's interesting that we're thinking of these like uh, I don't know. When I'm head, I think of coins. I think of like a thing, like a round thing that I hold yeah. in my hand. But like, it sounds like stuff like uh, Ethereum and Bitcoin. They're more like Lego blocks. I'm trying to make an analogy yeah, of everything. That's like, such a good way to. That's why it's called blockchain, Andy. You, yeah. know, you understand this. <laughs> so I can like Star Wars blockchain with like the Millennium Falcon that I can build with. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Legos. Like. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> oh, so oh, each, oh, so each of these like I don't like crypto like coins are essentially different kinds of blocks you can put. Can they can they be like worked on together like could you mix them together that's a really good point so i think that's actually an open question right now um there are different people in the community who think that the future is going to be multi-protocol which is that we're going to have ways to cross over between protocols because you know there's just so many there's like five thousand tokens right now and it's still being like it's we don't know which ones are going to stick around and which ones are going to be actually useful um but you know some people think there'll be enough that are useful that you'll want to have like ways to cross over between protocols and tokens um the other uh other thesis is that ethereum is pretty good and we're just going to keep building off it and ethereum is going to rule them all so it's actually quite a point of controversy in the community right now oh wow then what's why is bitcoin if you said bitcoin is kind of like really basic and it's like it's basically a store right it's just like a a money or you know like a gold essentially you said then why why wouldn't that just like go away or or it always be like valuable so it's I think there's just a lot of history behind Bitcoin having kicked off this whole crypto universe. Um, and I think it still is almost like the most basic building block and uh, of the whole community. It's like, how do you store value that is fully transparent? Um, and, uh, 
and you know, that there's a limit on it as well. So there's like, I think the main advantage of Bitcoin is that there's only, I think, 30 million that can be minted. Um, and so that ultimately prevents it from having uh, being exposed to things like inflation, that other um, oh. that other uh, currencies, aka the U.S. dollar, can be very susceptible to. Um, so also, there's a hard cap on Bitcoin. Yes, there's a hard cap oh. on how much can be minted. Yeah. Huh. Has that uh, been hit yet? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> you know, at some point, there'll be no more to buy. You just have to buy off other people. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Are we there yet? No, right? Are yeah? No, I don't think so. No, okay. I don't think so. But I have a follow up. So if so, we have a fixed number of mm -hmm. Bitcoin. Um, but it, but the value of Bitcoin keeps going down, uh, like over time, right? So it's just like getting smaller and smaller and smaller, like for each of these coins, mm -hmm. so to speak. And so, like, is there a limit on how much the value can go down for each coin? Because it seems like. Mm. Yes, it's a fixed it's a fixed mm. set of coins, but if more and more people can buy one coin, like if I'm, you know, it started off with one person, then it could be like two million people. Does that defeat the purpose of having a fixed amount of coins? Does that make sense? That that does make sense. I okay. don't know the answer to what? that. There's, there's probably math I don't, <laughs> I'm missing here. Um, here. Um, <laughs> I think I. What I can, my two cents on this topic is I know uh -huh. there's been actually some debate about can we change the unit of Bitcoin basically? Because right now it's quite intimidating for an average person to get into Bitcoin because they're seeing that it costs um, what it used to cost, you know, to buy one Bitcoin, you can get only a fraction, like 0 0.0001 of a Bitcoin, right? So you're like, why am I getting this? Like, it's just very confusing and non-intuitive. So there has been conversations about can we just like recalibrate what, what mm. Bitcoin is worth? I think that doesn't actually change how much can be minted in total. You're just kind of like changing it's like a stock split unit. Kind of? Yeah, mm. it's like, like a stock split. Exactly. Mm. Like, I think there's been some debates on that. But that's a really good question. I'm not quite sure what is going to happen in the future once, you know, we kind of hit that cap and more and more people are buying in and, you know, the value oh. of Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. More that's to be determined there. Yeah. It's a tomorrow yeah. problem. <laughs> tomorrow problem. There are a lot of tomorrow problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in limits, sorry, it wasn't 30 million. It's 21 million. That's, that's how many can be mined. Oh, okay. oh wow. Uh, this changes everything. Okay. 5 million or like we're kind of around 19 million minted. Yeah. Oh, so. wow. So we're getting there. Mm -hmm. Wow. We're getting there. So other other currencies like Ethereum, they they, they don't have a um, they don't a have a cap. limit necessarily. I think some others do, but Ethereum does not. Yeah. Mm, okay. Because no, I'm exist. still on the Lego analogy. It's like, well, if what if you run out of blocks, but you need to make more things? Like, <laughs> if there's X amount of blocks, you have to like fight yeah, somebody. I, I, I assume I'm not a developer, as I can't speak to this, but I assume that's maybe one of the disadvantages when it comes to developing for Bitcoin. Um, mm. And um, another disadvantage is, you know, the environmental, the environmental impact quote of yeah, uh, Bitcoin. Yeah. Could you tell us more about that, actually? Because I've heard. Um, that's come up in some interviews or, and I think some celebrities uh, have talked about like the environmental impact yeah. of it. Um, yeah, why is it so costly <laughs> or like what goes into mining the Bitcoin? It's like a like, smog yeah. generator. I just see like a, a factory with like black <laughs> smoke just going in the air from yeah. the Ethereum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they burn all the trees to make the, the coins apparently. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, sorry, Ella. <laughs> Go ahead. No worries. No worries. Yeah. Um, so yeah, with Bitcoin, essentially, um, you have 
what is behind what is like the blockchain that powers bitcoin essentially it's a complex mathematical problem that you need a lot of computers to chase and try to solve and then the computer that uh that that solves it gets the reward and so that's kind of like actually what's going on behind the oh, scenes reward. and the the goal of this process is to just validate the ledger make sure all the transactions are have you know, integrity their rights and everyone has the same record um so for it to solve this complex mathematical problem um it's kind of just one that you need to just throw computers at you and in just one of them will eventually solve it and so as a result, um, if you actually, let's say, want to mine crypto, you pretty much need to get a high powered computer. But even then, your chances probably aren't great to be able to solve the problem. Um, a lot of what a lot of people do is that you're like even better computers or they join something called a mining pool. You have like a group of people uh, who are trying like themselves, like trying to trying to race and, and solve this problem. As you can imagine, just having all these computers chasing these mathematical problems is a little bit inefficient because it just takes a lot of electricity to run that. Mm, yeah. um, I've had friends who like in college, they were mining Bitcoin. They literally had this weird machine in the corner of their dorm that was like sucking up all of the electricity bills and the university <laughs> would complain or something like that at some point. Um, so I think the the way it's set up is pretty much just a scale problem. Uh, you just need a lot of people to, to try to solve it. Um, huh. There are now talks of transitioning to other sorts of blockchains that run on some, and that, that whole process is called proof of work. Um, now there's talk about transitioning to something called proof of stake, which is more efficient. And Ethereum is eventually going to be powered off of proof of stake. It's like currently in transition. Proof of stake? What, is, oh, what does that mean? Like proof of... Mm -hmm. The proof of stake is a different process and it makes it more efficient because basically um, the people who will validate the chain, they need to actually put up and stake some of their own money as collateral. That it kind of increases the chances of them like solving the problem. And so, um, so, so because you don't need like as many people kind of chasing after the problem. You just have like more of these like stakeholders who uh, put up some of their own collateral to be able to help solve the problem. Um, it is much more energy expedient. Huh. So they're bootstrapping a way to create their own mine. Yeah. And people are like giving equity out in coin, like future coins, I guess, kind of. Yeah, I think so. So it's like if you um, in uh, in the new universe, if you kind of stake your own money and then solve the problem, then you get uh, you get uh, rewarded with the cryptocurrency. Oh, so like you're betting on yourself kind of you're like, oh, I, I'm going to here's like some collateral or money or whatever. And then I'm going to I'm going to solve this. And if, what if you don't solve it? Or are you just saying like it's is it like just a, a, a right to solve the problem? You know, buying like a license to solve the problem? Is that kind of a good I, way? I suppose so. I think, I think that's probably the right way to think about it. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, because it sounds like it, that excludes maybe the sunk cost of like building said mine or whatever. Like um, it's more of the process, I guess. And that... Um, and that because like when I think of like the the the, the normal way right the mining throwing like a bunch of computers at it it's like yeah. right, so computers are just you leave them on twenty four seven and you hope like they they will kind of solve the whatever the math problem that needs to be solved is right and then they get a they get a cookie which is I don't exactly. know if, yes. if they do it yes but if they don't do it it's just like it's just kind of churning away but like this other proof of stake method it's only certain people can can yeah. compute it right like collateral yeah. So there's not a lot of like other, there's like not everybody is wasting the energy like solving exactly. that one thing. We'll have versus... a few big players. Um, I think the controversy mm. with proof of stake though is it's not as egalitarian as 
proof of work. Proof of work was yeah. like anyone has a shot technically at mining or being a miner. But the proof of stake world requires you to have crypto assets in the first place, put them up as collateral to increase your chances of solving the problem. And then and then when you do, you accumulate a reward for it, right? So you could wow. say it's like less democratic, like the proof of work, but it is a lot more efficient. So I think the community overall is sort of shifting towards solutions like Ethereum because they're embracing proof of stake for the advantages that it has over proof of work. Interesting. But that could get more, uh, I don't know, it could be like a world where the rich get richer, right? If, if only yeah, like certain people can is. do that. Yes. It's a... Absolutely. There's a mil million debates on decentralization oh, wow. versus decentralization because I think as everyone has realized building decentralization, it's not always the most efficient or user-friendly approach, honestly, even though in theory, it's very idealistic. That's huh. interesting because the whole idea of Bitcoin was to have a, like, have a currency that is accessible, that doesn't change its value um, to like most people. But this could be creating a scenario where it's like, really only a certain type of people could get Bitcoin, right? Like if, am I understanding this correctly? Yeah, like only if, um, yeah, that like only, you know, like if the wealthy people, wealthy people yeah. get rid of Bitcoin. Um, yeah, it's like, is this actually something that's like in the spirit of what it was intended for? Exactly. Um, yeah. Bitcoin, by the way, is not transitioning to proof of stake anytime soon. Oh, like, yeah. So Bitcoin will always be, I think, that like proof of work, high energy. Oh, okay. Method. Yeah, which is why I think some people always kind of stick by it. Um, actually, Jack Dorsey, he just had a tweet yesterday, oh. um, Mr. Twitter, CEO Twitter, Twitter CEO, where he's a big Bitcoin believer. So okay. he's kind of been a little bit of the odd voice saying like, no, let's build off of Bitcoin with all of its clunkiness, all of its problems. Let's continue to build off it because I think he really believes in the decentralization thesis, even with all of the inefficiencies that it has, for example, in energy. Wow. There's so many. Yeah, this is interesting. There's like a whole like subculture on so many different debates and mm -hmm. on standards and tech and all that. Like, absolutely. For for the average person, though, like, what do you think people should? I don't know. Keep track of because uh, this feels like a rabbit hole that anyone could just. If but you had have to start in the rabbit hole to get in the, all these all these debates. Like, you know, is there is there like a Bitcoin for literally or not Bitcoin a crypto for noobs thing that we yeah crypto one hundred one. I would say you could think about crypto as just another way to potentially invest and grow your money. Um, and with it, okay. think about it the same way you do stock picking, the same way you do picking a fund or an index fund to invest in. Um, just do your research, own research, and try to evaluate the risks um, and the upside. Um, I would say all cryptos currently fall in the high risk but potentially high reward bucket. And so, you know, think of it, I would say, as your other investments in that bucket, like picking a single stock, I think is not too dissimilar to the experience right now. Okay. I think that's for most Diversify people. Diversify your portfolio, as Wu-Tang <laughs> Financial once said. Exactly. So um, I would say, like, you know, think about if you wanted to dedicate a certain small percentage of your assets to crypto and then hope it, you know, goes up in the long term. Um, and uh, don't think about it too much. And okay. if you want to okay. make sure, hedge your bets a little bit and not pay attention to the ups and downs of the price, as will happen, I think, for a while, um, you should probably do dollar cost averaging, just like you do with your other funds and your other stocks. So just, you know, buy certain regular amounts on a regular cadence, like once a month, and just don't think about it. And okay. think of it as an investment that you're investment, willing to okay. lose, but that could really pay off. Um, 
I'll say that's for most people. Okay. Um, if you sense. are, however, interested in the whole interesting world of NFTs and what and what you can use crypto to buy with, um, you would just need to get a little bit more educated on first how to buy crypto on these exchanges and how to hold them on a wallet, how to transfer them to what we call a non-custodial wallet. So Coinbase has a separate product, for example, called Coinbase Wallet. And then with that wallet, you can then use, you can actually buy NFTs, you can um, store your NFTs, et cetera. And so there are not so many use cases yet in this kind of world, in this kind of second phase. But if you're curious about it, that's something you are, I think, still pretty easily able to do these days. So those wallets are, uh, they're different from like the wallet I had for like, let's say Bitcoin, like my account yeah. for Bitcoin. They're separate. There's like multiple kinds of yeah. accounts. Oh so, my yeah. God. <laughs> it is complicated. So <laughs> think of the wallet that you have with exchanges. They're called custodial wallets. They're basically the private keys are with the company. So let's say it's Coinbase, Robinhood, et cetera, and they are supposed to keep it safe for you. So a lot of that, the complexity of crypto and storing it and having the key to access your crypto is obscured from you. You don't have to stress about it. It's supposed to be guaranteed and at least kept safe to some extent by the exchange that you bought the crypto off of. However, in the world of like NFTs, DeFi, all these kind of emerging use cases, they're very new. And so um, there is kind of no guarantee on your money generally. Mm. And so most of the time you have to transfer your money over to a self-custody wallet where you hold your own keys and you have to manage your own money, but then oh, you can right. use it to do a lot more things than just holding it like a stock. Okay. So, so that sounds a little more involved. Like you kind of have to like put the time into figuring mm -hmm. out how to best do that. You do. Yeah. It's like a full blown hobby. I mean, I guess it's <laughs> sort of a hobby, right? I mean, you're it is. Things. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is great. I kind of wanted to know how, like, following, um, you were talking about the Twitter CEO, uh, you know, like, sharing their POV on Bitcoin or their, like, how much does, um, like, celebrity go into the value of Bitcoin? Um or crypto and, in general, right? <laughs> yeah, sorry. I don't know why I keep saying Bitcoin. Crypto, yeah. In crypto, <laughs> it's top of mind. But yeah, into like the value of crypto, it seems like um, it it causes things to skyrocket and plummet and mm -hmm. like it's really volatile in a way. Do you feel like it still is? Yeah. Um, like Elon, is, like yeah. Dogecoin, to the moon. <laughs> to the exactly. moon. Okay, the direction, but sometimes it feels like, you know, to the dumpster. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I would say, uh, yes, I think in the current stage, uh, celebrities and, you know, big CEOs like Elon Musk tweeting about, talking about crypto um, can really impact the price or value of it. And I think it's just because we're in such the early stages of this alternative money basically and people are still trying to um find out you know figure out what they feel about it how much they're willing to put their money in it and i think largely more broadly institutions are still trying to do it banks are trying to figure out this, mm. this the same time as ordinary people um and once we have more people involved it should it should stabilize but we're not at that stage right now and so yeah like um tom brady and giselle are getting involved uh, partnering with FTX on having their own NFTs or doing something around crypto. Um, Elon Musk has uh, kind of, you know, he goes one day he likes Bitcoin, the other day he doesn't like it. And it can unfortunately shift the price. But I think that's just because we're in an early ecosystem right now that people are still trying to figure out 
what what it's all about and what it's worth. Huh. So it's it's kind of yeah. I guess it's both a good opportunity, but also pretty like risky and dangerous too. Like I think people, everyone should kind of hopefully be more informed and not you know blindly follow celebrities. Maybe I don't because I saw this. I saw a couple article a couple weeks ago. Like and these kids, these uh, I don't know if you guys know Phase Clan. It's like an online esports org slash like content creator house. Like they're they're young, they skew younger, but some of their members like were pumping up these like these cryptocurrencies that were like there's a like, one called Save the Kids <laughs> like the the guy like like had it and he was like oh like I'm gonna stick by this coin let's all you know buy it together and we'll we'll all like make money together when it turned out like he was I think he was just literally pumping and dumping this this, this crypto like as soon as people like his followers bought it he like dumped all his his crypto and and the price plummeted but he made a lot of money but then he's like on the one hand he's like telling his followers that oh like we're gonna be this together to the moon and then on the, on the other side he's just selling it and, and running away with the money yeah. i don't know it's there's wild. a lot of scams out there so scams, yeah, yeah. um there's one expression and i think there are two actual acronyms that probably apply in this case in the community one is do d-y-o-r just do your own research, own research. Just please yeah. please do your own research before you invest and throw your actual money into it um, other is fear, FUD, fear, uncertainty, and death. So this is oh, wow. often referred oh, to when you know things are spiraling downward, the price is going out of control, <laughs> the hack has happened, and there's a lot of anxiety around like what the future is going to be for any particular asset or anything. So yes, would echo your sentiment of just like you know there are scams out there. Um, you should do your research. Um, and uh, yeah, if something seems too good to be true, it probably still is. Your basic investing principles still apply. So um, yeah. just you know, be if you want to put your money in it, totally fine. But it's hopefully it's money that you're okay with losing, potentially. Or it could true, be yeah. But um, you know, I think one way to think about it is. Uh, Dogecoin has been super hot, obviously, right, for a while now. Yeah. Um, Dogecoin is still a meme stock. It was created fundamentally as a meme stock. There is infinite supply of Dogecoin. It never stops being minted. It was kind of <laughs> created as a joke, as antithesis of Bitcoin. So, um, yeah, its value may go up because other people are pumping it, but at some point it'll be dumped. So, you know, you could try to time it like day trading, but it's it's super high risk, right? So it may take you to the moon, but you also may fall off the cliff. So just be careful. <laughs> yeah, I guess it really depends. Like at that point, it's, it depends on how, you know, what your risk tolerance is, right? Like how much you are willing to put in it. Like, I mean, for me personally, I do not want to have to deal with this. So I probably will stay away just because I don't want to develop mental energy. But yeah, if you're, if you're like a... You're a gambler, I guess, huh? Maybe in some of that, you'll somewhat, yeah. Try to play the game and figure that out. I know it does. <laughs> what do you think? Like, yeah, no, it does <laughs> seem like, uh, yeah, like gambling in a way. It's, I mean, I don't know if we've had at this point in time so many people um, with access to buying um, things on their phones or like yeah. buying like equity and something on their phones that is like so kind of like simple to follow, especially with uh, social media being as prevalent as it is and like people following um, everything through COVID. Um, it's like if somebody, if somebody that you admire on, you know, on any Instagram, social media, YouTube, Instagram, yeah. yeah, Twitter, whatever, says to buy something, Probably, like, yeah. why not? Like, why not throw <laughs> some money down? Like, it's, yeah. a, it's one of those um if you're a fan of somebody like yeah exactly we should start our own crypto tally we can do our a noob crypto i don't know what do you think workshop it <laughs> yeah we can uh <laughs> yeah we've talked about uh 
maybe doing a crypto off of uh, my cat Stevie. Your cat, yeah. yeah. She has only uh, 15 toes with her three legs. So we're going to call them Stevie beans, like old toe mm -hmm. beans. But I don't there's, know. There's a cap on this. What was the term again for the cat? There's like a limited amount. Oh, yeah, there is. There's only a fixed, <laughs> fixed number. You can only have a percentage of her beans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> of her toe beans. <laughs> what do you think um, about this, Alex? This is a good idea. <laughs> Uh, should we sell Stevie's beans on the blockchain? Yes, absolutely. I think it'd be a hit. I think we're on to something. I know. It's uh, not something that we would pump and dump. We would have like a, a slow long-term uh, oh, yeah. value long climb. Yeah, we're in this for the long haul. Let's yeah, hold the line, as they say. Exactly. <laughs> hold the door. Hold, door. hold the door. Exactly. <laughs> absolutely. Well, I'm trying to think. Like, um. Do we have any well, other I, questions for Ella? Should we? Wrap? I just want to ask Ella, what, what's your yeah. like? Do you have a favorite like currency right now, or do you mm. have a favorite thing that you want to yeah. like? Just just personally, like I don't know if there's like a you have like yeah. favorites like pets or not. But, I'll like, have a boring one and I'll have a fun one. So my, ooh, my boring okay. one is I think I'm an Ethereum believer just because it's been amazing to see how many use cases like with lending, borrowing, and NFTs have been developed off of Ethereum so quickly. Um, oh. And so I'm a fan of Ethereum, have started investing in it myself um, beyond Bitcoin. Um, okay. I think the the fun one was I was looking at kind of the, the list of fun funnest and most interesting tokens. Um, and there have oh. been a lot. There's like 5,000 plus tokens. So I okay. think a lot of them are probably junk toy tokens. But <laughs> one of the best ones that I saw was Kodak Coin. So apparently the Kodak what? company, I don't like know. The camera? the camera? Yes. This oh my gosh. Company, was looking to I think salvage his business with an uh, with an ICO, uh, so kind of having like a like a very decentralized um, going uh, kind of going public sort of move, and so they're going to have their own coin, raise money against it, even have like their own machines to mine it. Um, don't think it got anywhere, but I just found it hilarious. <laughs> wow, that sounds kind of there's wow there's so many different. Yeah, like you can, your imagination sounds like is the only limit for these these kind of coins. Absolutely, right? you can do yeah. And they all have pros and cons. Do your research. Um, lots of nuances to each of them. Okay, so if there's one thing we learned today, it's do your research. Don't like blindly follow Elon or random Phase Clan members on what to buy. Kind of be your own person. Yeah. You know, and if you if you want to be a boring person, consider it like a high risk stock or high risk fund and you know just put some of your money aside, dollar cost average and don't think about it because the value will go up and down with Bitcoin, but if you look at the graph of the history, it's like it's overall gone up. So, yeah. You might want to just be a holder. Uh holder is the way that in the community they they, they call holding your crypto assets and not selling oh. them. Wait, hold, hold, like Hodor? Hodl. Wait, see, it's Hodl. H-O-D-L. Does sound like Hodor. Okay. Yeah, I'm a Hodor. It's like, oh um, yeah, that makes sense. You want to hold, stay there, hold the line. Um, That's probably going to be my move, I think. Yeah, Hodor. Yeah. Just hold, 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 hold. hold yeah. the and, then, and then maybe you'll reach Diamond Hand status. So you guys have probably oh, heard of the guy who was holding um, like GameStop, right? So it's a pretty, oh. it's a pretty widely used term, not only for meme stocks, but also in crypto. If you're someone who has so much faith in an asset, you'll just hold it and you'll never sell it. Even when the price plummets, you've got Diamond Hands. Diamond Hands? Like, hand, like Jazz Hands? Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> 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 yes, exactly. Diamond oh. hands, I love that. Just yeah, like sitting on the mine cool. of my, yeah, oh. pile of money, yeah, slash, yeah, yeah, coin, yeah. 
everything about crypto is like i think the other thing i learned is that it's everything's about analogies too right <laughs> like mines you have diamonds you have yeah legos we got gold yeah but i think there's no perfect analogy right it's right like, yeah. I, I think i use three or four analogies to describe bitcoin it's, it's <laughs> there's no that's why it's so difficult to understand i think it's yeah it's not huh. just one thing yeah well i think i mean this conversation has actually been really eye-opening i don't know about you sally but i feel like i I'm understanding a little better now. Like I think from like a position of just being a nebulous, just like unapproachable thing to like, okay, with all these analogies, now we can actually kind of start to make those connections, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think so much of it too is unpacking uh, like the language and the jargon around it too, where it's like, okay, what? Like how, cause it's, it's complicated, but it's not it's that not. complicated yeah. at the same time. Like yeah, I feel break it down yeah we can grasp kind of like what it's it is at the end like with with these analogies and it, we keep saying analogies but it's still it's true right? it, it makes it more approachable right it makes it more yeah also i will i do have to say ella is like fantastic at explaining this stuff oh, of course yeah yeah she's very gracious <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like very and very uh and like like uses those analogies you know i feel like sometimes you ask and it's uh you get an answer you're like wait i have no idea what you meant <laughs> so we appreciate you thank you for thank hopping you on yeah thank you yeah. Thank, thank you so much for hopping on the show episode three <laughs> we did it thanks guys all we'll right see cool see you later the next one. <laughs> thanks okay